Welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. Have you ever heard the claim that science disproves the Bible? Is that true? Or is the opposite true? Does science actually prove the Bible to be true? In this episode of Unscripted, we continue our series entitled, Why Should I Believe the Bible? by discussing the third question, Does Science Disprove the Bible? Let's join the discussion now. Oh, Welcome to the show. This is Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Uh, Two weeks in a row, I am Pastor Evan. I get to do the questioning, so uh, super excited for that. Pastor Paul's out of town this week, and unlike just like Pastor Nate was out of town last week. So this week I get to interview Pastor Nate Morris. And so real quick though, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcasts, go ahead and rate this podcast. Give it a huge five stars uh, and give us a review if you really like it. Uh, If you don't, please don't do anything. Um, Just continue (laughs) to listen to it and yell at us if you would like to do that. But if you're enjoying this podcast and love this content, like it, share it, just so this can all get out to people and just bless people. That's the whole point of this, is that people will listen to it, be ble- be blessed by it, and just learn more about um, the teachings on Sunday mornings. And so with that, I'm going to welcome Pastor Nate to the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be here. Glad you're here too. Uh, Pastor Paul's out of town, like I said, so I get to question Pastor Nate on, does science disprove the Bible? It's a very exciting, very yes. exciting topic. I'm not very smart, so I hopefully won't have a lot to talk about this week. Hopefully, I'll just leave it up to you. Um, But you were on vacation last week, so my question for you in this getting to know you section that Paul usually likes to do is, are you a fully mountain person, or do you like the beach more, or could you care less? Um, So, I, I wouldn't want to live at the beach. Let's leave it. Let's put it that way. When I go on a vacation, I want to go to the beach. Like, especially if it's cold here, I want to go lay on the beach where it's warm and read a book, maybe get in the water a little bit, but um, I'm not really an ocean guy. Like, really just for vacation. That's really it for me. How about you? Okay. Uh, I do not like the beach. I just feel like it's very boring. I think if I I took up surfing, I would probably enjoy the beach more. Right. But... I don't have time to go to the beach and learn surfing because I live in the mountains and I prefer the mountains. So I would say that I'm a mountain person. My wife and I back in 2016 or 2017 went to Montana for the first time. Yeah. Um, Then in a a time that I can remember being in Montana, because I'm pretty sure I've probably been to Montana before. Um, And we went to Flathead Lake and Glacier National Park and we were like, oh, mountains and water. This is amazing. So. Um, that would be the best of both worlds for us. If we could have mountains and lakes, that yes. would be, that Put would together. be the best. Lake McDonald. Yeah. You and I went there actually. We did actually go yeah. there. That was 2019. I think, I think it's still the home screen on your, on your phone. Not a picture oh, of us. You're I'll right. just make it sure. Is. I'm looking at my phone right people. now. It's, it's a picture of the rocks at Lake McDonald cause it's pretty amazing rocks, like all these different colors. But, mm. um, yeah, I, I like for life. I like the mountains better. I do like snorkeling. Um, I like getting in the water and seeing fish and seeing different things, but, um, that's really vacation for me. I'm, I'm not really, I don't know. Yeah. Not really my deal. I'd rather mountain bike and ski and all that stuff. So. Amen. Well, 
Thanks for joining us this week on the podcast. That was it. See you later. Just kidding. <laughs> we're, we're here to talk about does science disprove the Bible? And so I asked this question to Pastor Paul last week, um, just kind of quoting this stat that I've heard. I can't remember where I heard it, but it, say, it says that as a pastor, you prepare and you study 100% of these things, but you only get to share about 25%. Yeah. Was there anything in that, tw- in that other 75% that you maybe didn't get to share that you would have liked to share or just like anything else that was like really cool that maybe you didn't have a chance to get to in studying for this week's message? Yeah, there's always a lot. Um, I'd say a lot. Most of the work for me in preparing a message is throwing stuff out, honestly. Yeah. There's just so much stuff that it's every week, even if it's not on something as in depth as some of these messages have been recently, it's there's so much stuff to just cut out and it's trying to keep things streamlined and focused in one direction can be challenging. But this week specifically, I really wanted to talk about the creation and does science disprove creationism and uh, some of those things and talk through the different perspectives on creation from a Christian standpoint. Uh, but I did not, I just, as I was preparing my notes, I, I knew I, it would take me another hour uh, of message to do that. So yeah. I couldn't really get there. But I'm going to do that in my other podcast, my Nate Morris podcast. <laughs> Which you can find at PastorNate.com. Yeah, Pastor N, then the number 8.com. Yes, PastorNate.com. Uh, or you can just search on your podcast platform, Nate Morris Podcast. This one probably po- also pops up under that now, I would imagine, because this is unscripted and it has my name in it too. But the Nate Morris Podcast is not discussing Sunday messages. It's actually more discussing uh, hot button topics of the day. And so this week, tomorrow, actually, I'm going to record a podcast for that discussing the creation question. Like does science disprove the biblical creation account? So I'm not going to give you any teasers on that today. You got to listen to the other one. Dang it. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's exciting. Um, but you know, why do you think, um, just in this or I guess, why did you really want to hit this question? Like, does science disprove the Bible? Like, why did you think in this? I'm sure there were a lot of questions that you wanted to cover. Mm-hmm. We only made this a four-week series, I believe. Yeah. So we only have one more week left in this why, why should I believe the Bible series? And so why did you think that this one was such a relative topic to talk about? Yeah, I think um, in looking at the different questions that we answered in this series, the first one being the text of the Bible and, and is it actually historically accurate and can we trust it? The second one being, you know, is the Bible relevant? Th- this past week's being, does science disprove the Bible? And then next week is going to be, how do I know the Bible is the word of God? Mm-hmm. Um, these questions, I think, are the the questions that people really ha- have when it comes to the Bible. And I think when it comes to, to science, <laughs> everything today is trust the science, trust the science, trust the science, whatever you're talking about, whether you're talking about the pandemic or whether you're talking about um, life or, or all these different things. It just keeps coming back to that, which is interesting because I actually think that our culture does not really actually trust the science on a lot of things. Like when we talk about certain things, like, like, like do do male and female exist? The culture would say no, even though the science says yes, but (laughs) whatever. Uh, but does science disprove the Bible? I I think that this is a, a, a common argument by, atheists or maybe even a common sentiment among people who just don't know the Lord that, Oh, that's just been debunked a long time ago. The Bible is just full of made up stories that couldn't possibly be true. And science doesn't support it. So that was the reason that I wanted to answer that question in this message. Oh, that's really good. Thank you. Um, really excited for next week too. Um, but with that, 
do you think, I'm going to read some of Pastor Paul's questions that some of the groups are going to go through this week. And so it's like, his first one is, why do you think some people have a hard time believing in miracles? I'm going to tag this next one on with it. Um, and do you think it's possible to be a Christian and not believe in miracles? So why do you think some people have a hard time believing that miracles happen and exist? And do you think it's possible to be a Christian and not believe in miracles? Yeah. You know, I, I actually disagree with the question. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Because I don't actually think that I know. I mean, I'm, I guess there are certainly some, but I don't think that most people don't believe in miracles. I think that most people actually do believe in miracles. They just don't believe in the miracles of the Bible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think most people really believe that miracles happen and can happen and do happen, whether they call it the universe which is a common sentiment these days, or whether they call it chance or, uh, you know, that I think that, that people by and large do believe that things happen according to fate and, um, are somehow directed by some other force. And, you know, even, and I'm talking about non-believers, Christians obviously should believe that God is directing or orchestrating events in the world. But I think, when you have a conversation with a non-believer, I mean, I can't count how many conversations I've had with non-believers where they just say, yeah, the universe just led me to this and the universe just opened this door or, uh, you know, what an, it, it, people talk about miracles all the time. But when we read about the miracles in the Bible, someone being raised from the dead or, or people being fed, you know, 5,000 people being fed by five loaves and two fish, that's when people get a little bit like, eh, I don't think that really happened, you know, uh, because it is beyond the type of miracles that most people believe in. It's kind of next level miracles. Um, and I do think that Christians can have a hard time believing in those types of miracles. I think people have a, a, a doubt about those. The interesting thing is I don't really understand why, because if we believe that God created everything out of nothing, then really it, it shouldn't be hard to believe that he fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. He should yeah. be able to feed them without them even eating if he right. wanted to. Yeah. Um, if we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead three days later and ascended to heaven, it shouldn't be hard for us to believe that the Red Sea parted and these different things have happened. So I understand why we have a hard time believing them because it's things that are out of the ordinary, but we simultaneously hold on to these beliefs about these big miracles, but we don't believe these other ones. And so I, I think it's really just kind of human nature to doubt that, which we don't normally see. Yeah. And I think, um, this week you had a couple, um, definitions for what science was and what miracles are. Do you want to read those? Um, just like why, like what is science and why does it not disprove the Bible? How does it actually give clearer depth and understanding to what's going on in the Bible? Yeah. Um, so science by the definition, you, a searchable definition, and there's a couple different definitions, but they all say basically the same thing. But the, the definition that you can find online on dictionary or Wikipedia or those different places where it, it would define science is this. Science is a systematic endeavor that builds and organizes knowledge in the form of testable explanations and predictions. Um, and this is why people distrust miracles because you can't test and replicate 
a, a miracle, right? It's a, it's a, it's a one, it's by definition, a one-time event that does not normally happen yeah. where science tells us about normal processes and events that are repeatable that we can test and prove and see happen over and over and over again through the scientific method. So this is why science can't disprove anything about the Bible because science deals primarily with things that you can test and repeat. And the Bible is a historical account. You can't test and repeat history. It, it, it already happened. Yeah. It, it's something that came and went. Uh, and so, you know, we just, we can say this, that science doesn't disprove the Bible as a historical account, the same way that we can say that science can't determine the day that I was born. There's, there's no objective scientific way to determine what day I was born. Now I can make a, a positive inference and really believe with all my heart that I know the day that I was born, but science can't tell me that because there's no test that you can perform on my body that tells me the day I was born. There's no, the only evidence we have is eyewitness testimony and a document that was signed by a doctor, you know, and we can't even determine what day that document was signed because science can't tell us that. So, wow, that's actually really good to think about all those things and then put that in with the Bible, you know, as the historical context and all of that. I have not, until yesterday when you shared that, I'd never actually thought of the Bible in that, in that way, because growing up a believer and growing up a Christian, sorry, not a believer, um, growing up in a Christian home, just knowing and always believing that the word of God is, or that the Bible is the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so never really thinking of it as a historical text, but just reading it as something that's beneficial, beneficial for my life, you know, right. where we find what we would call as Christians, our daily bread and encouragement and sustenance and all of these things that we say, um, in our life, but to actually just take it out of that context really quick and look at it from an outsider perspective yeah. in that way was, it was actually very helpful to, to gain a different understanding and a different perspective of where other people are coming from. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, um, just kind of going off miracles and science and all of that. I don't know if you shared this or if I heard it somewhere else, but, um, the day the sun stood still mm -hmm. in Joshua, right? Yeah. When we were studying through Joshua. Um, was there something that you could do if you turned back like a certain software and mm -hmm. you could see that the sun actually didn't set for that whole day? Is that, do you remember? I, I didn't share that in this message, but I've heard that before. And I, I, I couldn't really quote what I had heard with that. It was that, uh, essentially astronomers have been looking for the missing day in history. Supposedly there's a missing day that didn't make any sense that they can't figure out why this one supposed 24 hour period doesn't exist uh, in terms of the solar system and everything working the way that it should. Now, I don't know. I, I don't really know the details of that okay. and I haven't looked cool. into it too deep. So I, but that's something that, that would be interesting for our listeners to go Google search, do Google missing day in history, Joshua, sun stood still, that type of thing and see what happens. But, um, but I have heard that before. I've heard that there, that, that there was a day that is supposedly missing because that's what would have happened had the had the solar system stopped moving and God held it still somehow, which then you get into all the arguments of, well, if the earth stops spinning, then all the people would fall off. And <laughs> well, again, God is God and he can right. do whatever he yeah. wants to do, Totally, <laughs> you know? So 
That's that's interesting. So sorry if that was a total rabbit trail as he was talking about miracles and not being able to, to disprove the Bible through science and all that stuff. And I was like, well, I think there was software and all this. So that was the internal monologue going on in yes. my head. As he was talking about all of those things. <laughs> okay. So sorry to take us down that rabbit no, trail. No, you're good. Um, but there's a question here that I think Paul is asking in a really great, um, in a great context here. And it's so, you know, what is the danger of making science the ultimate authority in mm. your life yeah. as opposed to, you know, the, as believers and Christians having potentially conflicting ideas, especially those in the medical world or in the science world that see all of these amazing things in science and then seeing and reading and trying to understand everything in the Bible, um, what is what is the danger of making science the ultimate authority on life? Yeah. Well, I think you can take this even out of a Christian context and you can put it in a secular context and say, if you're applying pure science and the scientific method and scientific outlook to every area of life, it does not explain and ultimately causes a great threat to modern society. Because science and the scientific method and the theory of evolution and natural selection and all of these things would tell you that the best way to ensure the survival of our species would be survival of the fittest, would be actually eugenics, which would be killing anybody that doesn't benefit the species, uh, mass extermination. Uh, it, it, science doesn't explain in satisfactory terms, doesn't explain love it doesn't explain beauty. It doesn't explain morality. Mm -hmm. And to have a scientific morality actually will lead to immorality. It will lead to murder and death. I mean, it's like pure scientific understanding, atheistic understanding of the universe leads to what we saw under uh, Stalin or under Mao in China, where they said, well, it's what's what's desirable is a population that looks like this. And they just exterminated everybody that didn't fit their mold, whether it was political or uh, biological or whatever it is. And so I think that pure science, like purely building your life around science actually really will lead to the downfall of civilization. Um, from a Christian perspective, science is something that goes hand in hand with uh, the Bible and the Christian worldview and that they both come together to build our view of God and our view of the world around us. And so I think it's only a part of the puzzle. Um, we really need to have the Bible and the, the information that comes through that and also the understanding that comes through the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, that's awesome. It's really good again to think of it in that way. And that's something that I personally struggle with is to see things through a different context than what I've grown up in. And so I have a lot to to learn just in the, in the, in regards to seeing things from a different perspective and taking it out of my Christian context and into uh, a broader context. And so that's something that I'm, I've been trying to work on in my own personal life to see things from a different perspective, not giving up what I know to be true, but just mm -hmm. trying to understand where people are coming from yeah. in our current day and age. And so totally, yeah, just help you to be able to relate to them and understand where they're coming from. So you can speak to those things. So is there anything else that you want to, you feel like you, you would like to share with, with the, the listeners and. Yeah, I think, um, <laughs> I so badly wanted to put a quote from Nacho Libre. 
in this message. And I, I could have used the quote, but then I would have butchered it. And I was like, I will use the video. But then I looked at the video and it was like, eh, like these guys don't have shirts on. Do I really want to show that in church? <laughs> so I decided not to. <laughs> that was probably but, a wise decision. Yeah, probably not. But um, no, I think like what science does, science is a tool and it it does something very specific and very necessary. Um, and, and when it comes to science and miracles, science doesn't disprove miracles at all. All it does is prove that they are in fact miracles because a miracle is a highly improbable or extraordinary event. It's something that doesn't normally happen. And so what a science, what science can say is, Hey, it doesn't normally happen that you can feed 5,000 people on five loaves of bread and two fish. That's not something that normally happens. And so science actually just confirms the definition of a miracle. It's just saying, well, that if it could possibly happen, would have to be a miracle. It'd have to be outside of the normal order of things, which is exactly what the Bible claims about the miracles in scripture. It never says that the miracles are, these are things that normally happen. In fact, they're few and far between, even in the scriptures. When you think about the, the, the scale of history that's contained in the Bible, miracles don't happen every day. They don't happen every, uh, there's centuries that go by without any sort of miraculous intervention that we see recorded in the scriptures. And when we see it, it's God intending and purposefully inserting himself into human history in an, a supernatural, not a natural, but a supernatural way that is by definition miraculous. And so science would confirm, hey, that's a miracle. <laughs> we don't think that that should happen normally. And scientists would then sometimes take that and say, well, that can't happen. And I think that's where the, the Bible would differ in that nothing is impossible for God. If there is a God, then nothing is impossible mm -hmm. for him. And so superseding the laws that he created of physics and gravity and all these different things is not impossible for God. He can do whatever he wants to do. And so, yes, it's not normal, but it's a miracle. And by definition, science just describes that. And so I think uh, really more than anything, the further we get down the road of science and we see the, the fine tuning of the universe and the solar system and the way that God has created the world, we see just what's confirmed in Romans 1.20 where it says that since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, the things around us, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they're without excuse. In, in other words, when we look at the world around us, through scientific eyes, using the scientific method, it reveals to us the truth of the creator, the truth of God, and the truth of the scriptures, really, by extension. And so um, far from science disproving the Bible, um, I, I would say that science, in many cases, confirms uh, the Bible in, in lots of ways. Now, of course, science doesn't confirm that a miracle happened. But it can say that the miracle is a miracle and it can't say that it didn't happen, right? So that's where faith comes in. We trust what the eyewitnesses said or we don't. And uh, that's it comes back again to the text that we talked about in week one. So that's probably how I would leave that. So Nice. It's awesome. And I think just even going off of you, that was Romans 120, correct? Mm -hmm. And then just even going into Psalm 19, Verses one, verse one says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament, this is New King James, by the way, version, um, and says the firmament shows his handiwork and day unto day utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. Mm -hmm. There is no yeah. speech nor knowledge where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Yes. And just that idea um, or that truth that, God's creation declares who he is and he's, yeah. he's created the world to work 
in certain ways and science and all of these ideas that wrap around that are us trying to grasp and understand Mm -hmm. who God is and how he's created his world to work in this. And we just kind of get to peel back a little bit of the layers and see these things and be like, and hopefully it, it draws our, our hearts and our minds to the point of just like, there has to be a creator. There has to be a being who, who created all of this. And then from that point, it leads us into deeper questions. What is the meaning of life? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And all of these things. And to know that the Bible has answers for all of those things. And those are questions that science can't answer. You know, science can tell us the meaning of life and it can't tell us, you know, if there's a heaven or a hell. And that's where science points us to the God of creation. And when we turn to the Bible to discover who he is, those two work hand in hand and really reveal his character to us. So science is not something that Christians should be scared of. Um, in fact, I think it's worth digging into deeper to really discover. I mean, the more you go into it, the more you have to realize that you are foolish to not believe in God. I mean, we talked about yesterday that the likelihood that, that, that there would be a universe that could support life being less likely. It'd be more likely for you to win the mega millions jackpot every day of every year for 13.8 billion years in a row than the, the universe that we exist in to be perfectly tuned like it is for life. And that's from a secular atheist scientist. So in fact, the, I didn't really touch on this. This is one of the things that I kind of wanted to get into, but I didn't. But we've all heard this multiverse theory, you know, mm-hmm. this that there's multiple universes. Well, the, there's no scientific evidence for that. <laughs> it's actually complete science fiction <laughs> written yeah. by scientists because of this math, because they say the universe is so fine-tuned, there's no way it could possibly statistically end up this perfect. So there has to have been hundreds of billions of universes for this to ever have a, have occurred hmm. the way that it has. And so there has to be, you know, 14 billion occurrences of the universe for there to be one that would be this fine-tuned. Therefore, they believe in this multiverse theory that isn't supported by physics or science or anything else. Um, that's where all of the, if you watch Marvel and you watch, you know, DC stuff and it's like, oh, in the multiverse that it's not actually, it's total pseudoscience. And it's only because they can't explain away the fine tuning of the universe that we exist in. Hmm. They say it's not statistically possible that there could be a universe this fine tuned. Therefore there must be billions of universes. So, um, kind of good evidence if you ask me of a creator. So, amen. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again for, for being on the show and hopefully Paul is going to be back next week and, um, just looking forward to kind of wrapping this series up and seeing what, seeing what you have for next week. So remember to check out, um, pastor Nate's podcast. Um, he's going to be doing a show that he's recording this week on creationism. Is that what it is? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to talk through the, does Really, it's kind of an extension of this message. Does science disprove the biblical creation account? Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, so make sure you go on in a few days and check that out after he records it and uploads it. And remember to rate us, like us, share us on on your preferred podcast listening platform. And we'll see you guys. Well, we won't see you, but you'll hear us next week. So, (laughs) All right. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to pastornate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. 
And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.